welcome to the Flea Factory Podcast, where we explore how to put together your life, your passions, your skills, and your responsibilities. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Fleet Factory Podcast. Um, it's my pleasure today to introduce to you my mate Ash Gale. How are you, Ash? Very well. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being on. So, um, not only is uh, Ash a uh, mate of mine, but also he is the composer and um, singer of the introduction to the Fleet Factory Podcast. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> what do you know? So, uh, it's story of your life. Yes. Uh, Great intro. Yeah. Buy it on iTunes. Uh, contact Ash if you're... I don't know. Do you make what? records or CDs anymore? How does that work? No, <laughs> no, no one does I'll it just anymore. Come around to your house and play. Okay. Oh, even better. Uh, live gigs, weddings, bar mitzvahs, anything possible. <laughs> yep. um, we'll give some details below uh, in all the link for Ash. But uh, thank you for letting me use uh, that um, piece of music. It's some, right. um, I think, something that um, connects with the point of the podcast, um, and um, that is that we we listen to stories of people's lives, mm-hmm. and and I guess how we put together what we love, uh, what we're good at, uh, and our responsibilities, and how do we. We were just discussing before we hit record. How do we um, how do we make it up as we go along, like everybody is? Mm. So um, yeah. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. No worries. So Ash, I um, we're sitting here in Sky Recording Studio. Yeah. Here, your own space. Uh, wonderful. I know you've been working on this for a while. Um. So again. Details below. <laughs> if you want anything recorded, this, this, this whole this whole thing's just a, a plug, shameless plug, giant plug. for ashgale.com. And no, is it .com? Yeah, yeah, it is. They're yeah. good. <laughs> cool. Um, so, Ash, I'm going to start us off by asking you the question I ask everybody when they come on. Yep. And that is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, that is a pretty broad question. I mean, I, I guess I didn't really know for a long time. Um, I grew up on a farm and yeah, I think, I think a part of me like loved being outside and loved the outdoors. Um, you know, I loved kind of manual labor, I guess. Yep. Um, um, but then at the same time I had this, uh, I don't know, this kind of creative side that I loved. Um, I loved art and design and, you know, music and painting was really funny because having this kind of two different sides. Yep. Um, so I didn't really know. I thought maybe I could be a builder or an architect um, for a while, but I just, I think I hadn't really found what I was passionate about okay. for a long time. And I remember at high school, you, you know, you did that test where you <laughs> answer all the questions yes. and you find out what Whether you're, you're going yeah, 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 yeah. to be when you grow up. And uh, I filled out this like hundred question thing and, I was like, this will tell me what job I'm supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And it it was really, it just told me what I already knew. It kind of said, you know, 50% of me um, was interested in the outdoors and kind of, I guess, manual kind of physical work. Yep. And then there was the other 50% of me that loved uh, design and art and music and this kind of creative side. So I was like, it doesn't really tell me anything. It just says that. I'm two different people. Um, which I already knew. Yeah, <laughs> which I kind of already knew. So it was, um, yeah, it was just one of those things that I was like, well, I guess I don't know. I still don't know. Um, so I kind of just 
went along and just eventually discovered what um, what I loved doing and what I yep. felt I was supposed to be doing, if that makes sense, um, and just kind of followed that. I wasn't really – and I, I guess I had a, a really good su- support of people around me that kind of um, allowed me to make those decisions on my own. So anyway, here we are. <laughs> a long time are, later. A long time later yeah. in a recording studio. <laughs> yeah, in the studio. All right. Well, let's let's try and fill uh, the pieces in between there and yeah. and here us sitting here. Yeah. Um. So school happens. So I've got an interesting question for you about while you're at school. So yeah. obviously music takes over, becomes your world at some point. Mm. Did you do music at school? It was it was funny because I started in year eight uh, playing drums. Okay. And um. I loved I loved playing drums, but I really found music really um, just boring, like a theory of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I being a drummer, you don't really connect with the theory of music. Yeah. And so I actually quit uh, at the end of year nine uh, of music because I just thought the theory didn't really resonate with me. I couldn't understand it. Yep. I was all about rhythm. Um, so I kept on learning drums and playing drums, but then it wasn't until year twelve when I was I guess a, a better musician yep. and I thought maybe I could kind of follow this uh, as a career path that I went to um, my music teacher and I said, can I audition for, um, to be like in year 12 music? And I guess you couldn't do that because you actually had to follow through year 10 right. and whatever. And uh, he said, okay, we'll come in and um, audition and, and then we'll see how we go. So it wasn't the traditional way of, of doing music, but then I, I did audition and he he was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty lucky and then I got into, yeah, year 12 music and I think all the other classmates were super dark at me for not going. So you actually you know, did year 12 music? Yeah, yeah, I did. So you skipped all the other bits? Well, I finished wow. in year nine and then um, I went back in year 12. <laughs> and they had to and suffer through yeah, it Yeah, they had to years. go through it. <laughs> But was, I, I smashed it as well. So I was like, right. oh, it turns out I didn't need to do <laughs> 10 and 11 music anyway. <laughs> Don't even bother. But it was really, that was, I guess, a turning point for me was a, a more so of a skill of like, I really want to get good at this. It was, okay. um, you know, I loved playing drums and I loved, I guess, the art form of trying to be the best that I could be at that time. Yep. Um, yeah, and that was kind of the beginning of music, I guess. But I also loved design. I loved, um, you know, I, I did a subject in Year Twelve called Health as well, and that was kind of dealing with people. And um, I really enjoyed that as well. But then I also did technology, which was more kind of making things with my hands. So it was pretty much all the things I was super passionate about. Yep into one, but I think music was probably um, always the front runner. Kind of floated to the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So the reason I ask you about whether you did music at school was I interviewed a really good friend of mine the other day and he um, he's an artist. He's a, a painter and a sculptor and an animator. That's that's his, his work. And he didn't do art at school. Right. Post like year nine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, mainly because I think he got in trouble for throwing clay at fans and things like that, which <laughs> I would argue is artistic. Yeah. Um, he said his teacher argued it was vandalism. Right. <laughs> I said, yeah. and my said, well, it's a fine line between vandalism and art. Yeah. Like kind of, yeah. but Subjective. but I find it interesting because, you know, my kids, you know, I've got five, I've got five boys and they're all in school and they're all at different stages of 
telling me they don't want to be at school anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to be doing that and they hate this and they hate that. And and sometimes what you end up taking as classes, I just it doesn't necessarily dictate what you end up no. being, well, I think, is the, is the interesting thing. And I, I am <laughs> my so my year nine music. Um, I remember we had to prepare a piece to play in front of the teacher and everyone walked forward with large pieces of sheet music and unfolded it. Like it was huge, like three feet long. Everyone sat there, put on their headphones, sat in front of the teacher and then played these these pieces. Well, I played guitar. I didn't play piano and I had no intention of learning piano and I didn't read music and I don't to this day. Like I can stumble through it, but not it's not a priority for me. Yeah. And I remember I shared this with my uh, son in year nine just the other day. I said, because he had a music piece to do a performance, a drum piece, which he doesn't really play drums. He'd like to play drums, but no one's taught him. But mm. now he has to do an assessment on the drums. It's like, I need teaching <laughs> before yeah. I can do an assessment. And I remember vividly, I, I walked up and I sat face to face with my music teacher. I put the headphones on. I had no piece of music. And I like shook my arms out to prepare myself. And with one hand, I played, there's a hole in my bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I nodded, I took my headphones off and I went and I sat back down. My son in year nine the other night said, and what happened, Dad? Standing ovation. And I said, I failed. <laughs> like, what do, you think, what do you think happened? Like, this isn't a story of victory. This, yeah, is, I this is a story of defiance with a natural consequence, which is, I failed. <laughs> like, kind of, but um, yeah, mute, there was a disconnect there for me with music. So I just, it's fascinating to me, sometimes what people end up, putting their whole life into is not necessarily what they connect to when they're at school. And I just think that's an interesting, that's an interesting reality, especially because I know there's actually a lot of, um, there's a lot of young people listening to this podcast. I I get feedback that lots of people sort of in the late stages of high school are listening to this podcast, Mm. interestingly enough. Mm. And I think they're wondering, (laughs) like, is what I'm doing right now connected to what I'll do? And I don't know, maybe it is. But for some of you, maybe it's not. Yeah. And I think having as much experience, I guess, when you're young, you know, exposure to a whole lot of different Absolutely. things influences you a lot. I mean, I mean, I, re- I loved school. I, yeah, I was, was, I loved it. And I really kind of wanted to get a, as much out of it as I can yeah. because then that would, I guess, help me to figure out what I was good at or what I wanted Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Um, bit of a nerd, but. You know, <laughs> I loved I loved learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We and and that's the opportunity, right? That's the opportunity you have is to get as much as you can out of every experience, and maybe with all of that information, you'll work out what it is. Yeah, absolutely. You can put together how you're going to put your life together. Mm. All right. So uh, year twelve, you've started on a bit of a music. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you from a musical family, or have you got nah. musical influences? Is is music in in there before uh, this point? Not really. I mean. Growing up on a farm, like my family, uh, no, I guess not really. I mean, I grew up in a religious family and we used to go to church and that was the kind of only, um, I guess, musical engagement that I had growing up. Right. Um, but it was, yeah, I think, I don't know, I have no idea. Like we had a piano at home and i just kind of sit down and just figure things out myself. And yep. But it was... Yeah, it was weird. Like my family came up were very like they were hard workers, like people of the land, you know, like yep. they were dairy farmers that were up at five AM and just yep. would work, you know, fifteen hour days and just brutal kind of physical labor people. And then there was me that was interested in music. I was like, it's a bit strange, like <laughs> but but they never actually yeah, 
you know, put that that out, it was encouraged. So right. I think that was that was a, a special thing. But I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. It, I think music. Um, I mean, having said that, after Year Twelve, I did actually want to go to the con and study drums. Okay, and um, I auditioned for that, but I didn't get I didn't get in. Okay. And I was super, super bummed and I was, I was like, ah, well, maybe, yeah, because I think the, the conservatorium is super technical about um, about their drumming, like, or their styles of music anyway. Yes. It's classical or it's jazz and yep. those kind of styles weren't really what I was into. Okay. Um, and so anyway, I took a year off and worked actually on, on the farm and then I came back another year and auditioned again um, and I actually did get in <laughs> but then I decided not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, no, I don't feel like this is the right thing to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really weird. And then I went and studied um, like a, a social work degree thinking that, you know, I loved working with people um, and I thought it was what I should be doing. I guess that was a more safe, okay. sensible decision. Okay. Um, but yeah, I kind of fumbled my way through that and realized I wasn't as passionate about that as I was about music. There was a lot of other musical things happening that I was way more exciting. Um, when you're in your early twenties, I think you kind yep. of, you just do what, what you want more than, sure. you don't really think about long-term. Sure. Um, so yeah, I guess that was the next stage. Okay. So there's a, uh, when I say that, like the reality is in your early twenties, you, you're so your responsibilities are low, right? Yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> and your disposable time to engage in things that you're passionate about yep. are usually high. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and so they're, they're those moments. And so um, I guess the podcast is about the balance, right? And mm-hmm. as you get older, those things change. Sometimes yep. your responsibilities start to change and your opportunities. And I often say that it doesn't mean you're upset about them. It's just a reality. Yep. Life changes, right? Yep. But I do say it doesn't get easier. Mm. So if all of a sudden you know, at 40, <laughs> you, to pursue what you love is not as easy Absolutely. as that is, is at 20. It gets harder. Mainly because your responsibilities tend to go up. Yes. <laughs> and yep. so um, I try and encourage people to muster the courage <laughs> when yeah. their responsibilities are low to at least go hard. push, go hard. <laughs> go, <laughs> While you have time. Yeah, right. And so now it doesn't mean it's not possible to do yeah. as you as you get older, but it... Um, there's, a, there's more complexity to it, yes. I guess, is the, oh, absolutely. Is, is the reality. And so I have a great respect for people who sort of mid-career are being bold and courageous and doing something different because mm. I, I understand how that's not easy no. to, to do that. And but So, yeah, so um, responsibilities low mm-hmm. and opportunities and passion high. Mm. Uh, social work, which we might get to in a minute, how I love the word should you used because – I think um, I once had a psychologist I know say to me, uh, we, we're shooting all over ourselves. Yeah. Which I it was a lovely True. term, this kind of idea that um, should sometimes not a very helpful term, is it? But we end up do, making decisions around it. And I understand why we do it, but um, maybe we'll explore the should in a second. But mm. what was what was happening? Had you started then performing and playing and writing at that stage or is that a little bit later on? What, how yeah. does that all work? Um, I was involved with... Yeah, I think once I'd, first of all, I'd, I kind of forgot, lost the idea of drums and I th- okay. I wanted to be, <laughs> at, there was a point where I was like, oh, drums is all I want to do, but then I sort of picked up guitar and songwriting and I f- thought, 
that was a, a more of an interesting thing yep. for me. Um, I hadn't, I'd never sung or anything like that. I kind of was just more interested in creating music rather than just playing drums to, to music. Got it. Um, so yeah, when I was at uni though, it was, I was in a few different bands and we were playing live a lot. And then, um, yeah, then I sort of, we formed another band and that was seemed to be getting a lot more busier and more opportunities were, were coming that way rather than, you know, I had to finish my assignments and then <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, at the same time then I was, I, my only job was working on the farm. Okay. Um, so, so that was kind of while I was studying and I was playing music and then I was working on the farm as well. So it was this really weird mix of things. Like, Multiple worlds. Yeah, it, was, it, it really was. It was like I was just studying social work. I had a bunch of random jobs through that that were really random. Oh, um, you've got to tell us now. You can't just say uh, Well, the most randomest job was teaching deaf kids drums <laughs> at, at a high school. Okay. Yeah, worked wow. that out. It was um, – it was super challenging, but amazing yeah. experience. It's incredible. Um, like you actually had to like have these light metronomes with lights on them so they could see when to see play drums, right. see the beat. Wow. Um, yeah, and that was kind of part of social work as well was just dealing with, with kids that were disadvantaged or whatever and, yeah. and, and helping them. And music did come into that a lot. Um, There's a lot of kids that just love playing music, so I you know, would write a song together. Or, and I think I really loved that aspect of it of helping people through something. Um, but then again, I was working on the farm, I was driving tractors and then going off on the weekend playing gigs. It was a bit of a mixed bag. Kind of cool though. <laughs> like kind of, I don't know, kind of keeps you, keeps you engaged with a wide variety of life. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, that's interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. You're still on the farm now. I know every. I see every now and again yeah. on Instagram. You're on a tractor. I, I do. See that. I, I do see like it. it. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's, it's in there, nice, right? nice open spaces. Um, so other jobs. So other random jobs. So jobs um, with deaf kids. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I worked at a, a bookshop. Um, what else did I do? Um, I'm trying to He's erased them from his memory. Yeah, there was some dark dark years. <laughs> Um, yeah, I worked at just various high schools being, um, uh, I guess, what was it? My t the actual word for it was kind of life coach. Right. Um, and mentoring, okay. um, yep. and that kind of vibe. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was like, yeah, I think I engaged with, with young people and, and helping them, you know, develop their whatever. Um, but it was... Yeah, at the same time, all these opportunities were coming with music that I felt were way more exciting and I was way more passionate about. Yeah, sure. So I just felt like that was the way I sh needed to go. Not should go, but Good. definitely okay, wanted yeah, to yeah. go. <laughs> all right. So um, do you, did you finish your social work? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, very, yeah, <laughs> at the end there I was – struggling a lot um and you know we i was doing these last my last assignments and i just didn't care anymore i was <laughs> it was it was one of those f funny situations where like i remember 
finishing a lecture and then I'm like, I have to go to band practice because I've got some um, record labels coming to, to our band practice. And that was all I could think about. Right. And I was like, I have to just get this done so I can go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just this weird, like, ah, uh, I wish this was finished like six months ago or something like that. But I just okay. struggled through the very end there. But got it done. Got it done. Uh, some people could have not got it done and just let it go. But yeah, I, I think. It's a big deal. Well, I think I've always been a big believer in finishing something you started. Yeah. And, um, you know, even if that door shuts, at least it's, you know, it's was done properly. Right. Um, you know, even though I probably didn't do it as, as best as I could have, but it was one of those things I just, well, I've finished, come this far, I might as well finish and yeah. then on to the next thing. All right. So record labels at band practice. Let's go there. Yeah. What's, that was a really interesting there? time. Um, um, well, we, I don't know, we had this, we were very young and, um, you know, just, I was interested in like writing songs and, and we made this kind of, this little EP and it kind of filtered out and, and then I just had, yeah, all of a sudden I had every, pretty much most record labels wanting to, um, come and meet us and just see who we were and whatever. And I thought it was so weird. Um, because it wasn't really, yeah, something that I was trying to, yeah. Actually, a funny story was a friend, um, our drummer, a friend, he had a friend that gave a CD to another guy who worked for Sony yep. and he had this big, big pile of CDs um, from bands and, yeah, every you know, man and his every, dog. everyone. <laughs> Anyway, and this guy from Sony, he, he was on a flight. He had to fly to Sydney and he just, he reached into this big bucket of CDs and picked up the very bottom CD, which happened to be ours. Right. Uh, and he listened to it on the plane and, um, and he loved it. And then when he got to Sydney, he made some calls and then next thing he was at our band practice. Wow. <laughs> it was really weird. Um <laughs> But at the same time, we didn't really know what we're doing and yeah, super naive, super young. But um, as I said, we had we had passion and we had determination to be yeah. as good as we could be. And for me as a songwriter, I was still kind of discovering what kind of songs and what kind of music I actually wanted to create, you know, and even still what I wanted to do with my life. It was yeah. still, you know, in my early 20s, didn't really know sure. what goal, what was the end goal. Mm. So it was just lots of weird kind of moments like that that kind of opened up. Yeah. And then just kind of, well, okay, let's walk through this door and see where that takes us. Yeah. Just, uh, I often talk about uh, life being like a dance. And so, you know, that the reality is you just got to dance the next step, right? It's yeah. like sometimes we'd like to know that 10 steps ahead what that might look like. But yeah. Um, I often think that if I if you were told what ten steps ahead might look like, you'd go, "No way!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's too much information. It's like, no, I just got to do what the next thing and the next thing. And then the amount of times people in their stories talk about their version of a CD at the bottom of a pile that, like, these things are not in your control, right? No, some of this stuff is way out of just, your, you know, chance, luck, whatever you want to call it. And you know, we could have totally just shut down any kind of opportunities. But I think being young and you just say yes to everything and you just want, you know, 
just because you just don't know what what could happen out of anything. Sure. So we were pretty. Um, I think I was as well. More just like, why not? Let's just see what happens. Yep. And um, you know, you say yes before knowing the consequences or anything sure. like that. Sure. So you do what you can with the information you have. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is that CD never gets pulled out of that bag if you don't commit to making and creating something. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So not, yeah. That's so. I think sometimes the takeaways from these kinds of conversations, people go, "Well, it's just luck," or it's just, but no, no, no. <laughs> it has to be in the bag. Yeah. Like you have to be in the game, right? Yes. Like, unless that has been created and you've you've put yourself out there and you. Mm. Um, you've actually committed to creating something and pushing it into the world, mm. you can get as much luck as you want. It's not in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> and so the CD's there. Yeah. And so you give yourself a shot. Yep. Um, That's very, it's funny you say that. Like it's in the bag, it's the opportunity, it's a seed, I guess. Yeah. And, um, but I think at the same time, we didn't really expect anything of it. We, we young, right. we just wanted to create music that we liked and I wanted to just do what, I enjoyed doing. So there was no, you know, I guess predetermined idea of what we wanted. Yeah. It was more, you know, let's just <laughs> write some songs and record them. <laughs> but I think that's what makes it work, right? Like if, like I make these podcasts because I enjoy them because I enjoy talking to people. Mm. If anybody gets anything out of them, that's like a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I happen to hit record. It's like, <laughs> I can drink coffee and chat to people I like and hear their stories. And I think that's cool. Yeah. And if someone else listens, that's a bonus. Um, but I said to you just before, Joe Rogan's just sold his podcast for $100 million to Spotify. If you decide to launch a podcast because that's what you want, you that's that never works. Mm. Like you've got to just create something that you like, right? Yes. And you, and whether or not it becomes anything other than just you expressing yourself and doing what you enjoy, you have to be willing for that to be okay. Yep. That if, if that CD never gets pulled out of that bag, yep. but you guys enjoy playing together and creating and having a bit of fun. And, Definitely. And you're, you've got to be happy with that. If that's all it ever is, mm. I think, Ironically, that's when it potentially turns into something more than that. Like, yeah. like it turns into that as a byproduct. I agree. Of you doing it all right for the right intentions. Yep. Yeah, um, definitely the right intentions is is the main word there. You people can see through fakeness pretty easy nowadays, yeah. and um, I think people more than ever are wanting something that's genuine. Yeah, I guess, and and true so yeah i think that's one of the things that i'd like to live my life by by being as genuine and yeah. and truthful as you can be um yeah but at the same time you still when you're young you, you just don't know what you're doing <laughs> and i think there's um there's actually something wonderful about um being naive and positive in yep. that sense like there's something freeing about that, which yes. I think sometimes as we as we get older, we we can think of all the reasons why something won't work. Yes, definitely. Um, and um, we can kind of self edit a little early, like and and rob ourselves of mm-hmm. uh, of certain experiences because go, oh, it'll never be, you know. Mm. But I think when you're young, you go, well, but why it, wouldn't it, it could be incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes I think we lose that it could be incredible as a balance. Yes, to the, all the the realism. 
you know, and all the absolutely again as the responsibilities get yeah get up and get higher and and, and push forward. Did you find so? We talk about being genuine. Do you, this is a bit of a side question, but it's just flicking around in my head. Um, if often. You know how uh, with artists we celebrate uh, when um, an artist's their second album is actually good <laughs> because the first one was like the pure one, like that was the one that was like them. That's yeah. what got them noticed, and it was that kind of authenticity. Yes, and we just really hope that an artist could pull off a second one in the midst of now being part of more of a corporate industry and yeah. a part of the pressure and the whatevers. Is that a real thing Do you, from your experience? Is there? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Is that a real struggle or a battle as an artist? Yeah. I mean, I think when well, our band, when we finished our f- album, we'd spent, yeah, quite a few years on those songs. And, yeah, um, yeah I think, yeah. And, we, and we, eventually we did get signed and, and then we were, um, I guess, a lot of super busy. I guess we were touring a lot and we would – um, trying to write songs and figure out our place in the world, then you kind of start doubting yourself and comparing yourself a lot, really, right. um, to what what everyone else is doing, and then you start to feel, oh, maybe, maybe this won't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I think there is a pressure is is huge. I think, mm. but um. Yeah, I think it depends on what you're trying to achieve, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you're um you know, if you're an artist and your your goal is to make huge amounts of dollars, then sure. um I guess your sales will determine that and how well that goes, but if if it comes back to being genuine and and you know, your artistry and wanting to write songs that are, you know, that identify with your story and other mm. people um, and it flops, you know, that's okay as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it just depends on what, I guess, you're trying to achieve or what's your goal. Yeah. So that is what you measure, right? Yes. That, that's a – Yeah, what do you measure? What that's do you a measure? Good question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, people said, oh, oh, you've – I hate the term when people say, oh, you've made it. <laughs> I don't I know what like, that means. That doesn't – like, what are you measuring that you've made it, and you know, sure. and what does that look like? It's well, I think often the what they what the what they're measuring is, and I hear lots of people talk about this. The the aim, the the it's like a final goal is to get a record deal. Yeah, which I know you know more than anybody's like. So the beginning, yeah, <laughs> like, that is like not a destination, right? That's yeah, like that's chapter one. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> um. And everything changes at that point as well, like kind of thing. But I think that I think when people say you've made it, there's this thought that that's the goal rather than the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Would that be true? Is that your experience of that process? I guess, I guess as an artist, that's um, maybe what people want wanting to get. Um, but at the same time, you're maybe complicating things a little more. Like you're getting more people involved. Right. Um, you know, your vision is then shared amongst other people and more opinions, more opinions. Yeah, definitely. Um, things get complicated, but at the same time, you need to have a strong vision as an artist. I think you need to have a strong vision of what you want to do 
um, and just create and then let everything else kind of just sure. happen the way it should happen. But I don't know. There's, yeah, I think music, there's just no simple straight line with music yep. at all. I think everyone knows that. Um, but I think if, if you're doing it for the right reasons, then I guess that's yeah probably yeah. the most important thing. Yeah, right. yeah cool. All right, so we're um, we're post social work. Yeah. Did you ever work um, full time in social work? Is that something that came back around at any time? Or no, I mean I worked at a few uh, emergency accommodation places. Yep. Um, and that was really really interesting. Um, working with kids that have just had no no one and yep. they had no accommodation, so this was their last. Yep. Before the street sort of vibe. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I guess it was really good to work with people that, um, other people that were passionate about people as well. Yeah. And I, I always liked that. Um, but then again, you had to really be passionate about that. And I think at some point there had to be a shift in what I wanted to do. Yep. Um, so then it just went... Yeah, to music. <laughs> yeah, to music. Yeah. All right. So that kind of, the musical story continues and you get really, really busy. And lots of, lots of, lots of touring. Um, how long does that go on for? What does that yeah. kind of season look like and how long does that go for? Um, probably for the next seven years, I reckon. Six or seven years. Uh, we, yeah, a big chunk of my 20s was um, a lot of touring um, lots of shows, lots of recordings, um, lots of band fights. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, there was some overseas stuff in there and, uh, it was, it was just a really big blur or, but at the same time, some very funny kind sure. of scenarios. But, um, and then when I was 28, um, the band finished yep. and, then it was really like, what do I do now? Right. It was, it was like, oh, well, this thing that I was, this wave, I guess, that I was riding for a while, just kind of evaporated. Right. And, you know, it wasn't as though I was like, I guess when you're, when you're in a situation like, oh, I want to be like in a huge band or something like that, that, that kind of desire is there. But then when I guess that fizzles out and it doesn't go the way that you thought and, you know, we got dropped from the record label twice. It was, okay. it was hilarious. We were like, got dropped and we're gutted. Then we got signed, then we got dropped. So it was like this whirlwind of emotions. Yeah, okay. And, and then it was really like a, a point where you go, okay, what do we do now? Like, what do I do now? Like, a lot of people my age, like then, definitely had well into their careers okay. and yep. um, didn't know whether to start something else or keep going or, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. interesting time. So I remember you, now I hope I remember this correctly, I remember you saying to me um, a few years ago, now correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. you said to me, I've never written a resume. Yeah. <laughs> I've never needed one. No, it's true. Is that true? Yeah. I feel embarrassed about that. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. I think that's um I think that's fascinating. Because I think it, the reality is you you've pieced your life together around 
evidently what you're good at and and you've you've also been in control of your own destiny in a sense like kind of this kind of Resumes are just lies on paper anyway, so I wouldn't worry. True, true. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about not. I wouldn't have much one. to put down on. But um, and um, I just, I just think for, I think that's encouraging to some people listening as well. Like some people just go like, I wouldn't know what to put down, but I've got so much experience and skills in a certain area, and I'm, yep. I have a competency here, and I love it, and I'm good at it, and I can push into it, but. I hear lots of people say, "I just need to go and do this just so I can fill up my resume," and I think, yeah. Ugh, yeah. it just feels like. Is if that I don't, I think it's okay if that's what you're doing. But if that's the only reason you're doing it, but I understand if you want to work in certain places and certain industries and certain sectors that having gaps in your resume might be a problem. Mm. And so, um, but I just find that I, I, I find that it, don't be embarrassed. I don't think you should be embarrassed, but I think that's um, but I think it's worth saying because I think uh, yeah, we I, put our lives together in different ways, and that's totally true. okay. <laughs> I mean, I think you. I think I've I've had to take responsibility for my decisions and right. and go okay well if I want to do music then I have to actually try and earn a living off of it to pay right. my bills right um so I think yeah I I I've never been one to like stay in a job where I didn't wasn't enjoying it or okay um you know I think it's really easy to do I I get that. And, but at the same time, I've, I've always had this kind of thing that if you, like, if you want to do something, then try and become the best at it. Yep. Even though like you're measuring the best against other people. Sure. But as long as you know that you're trying the best. So I think job wise, I don't know. I mean, I, when I was studying, I did, um, I worked at a few clothing stores, but I got, Yeah. I got fired for that because, <laughs> um, I don't know, I talk too much, I think. Sure. But I, I don't know, I just had these kind of random jobs that were just um, not very... Sure, but they they me. they um, they met a need at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They enabled you to keep pursuing the thing you loved. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, um, you know, that's one of the other messages, I think, you know, this idea that um, we assume people haven't had that journey. It's like they just... Left school, decided to do this, crushed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've always earned a living from doing this one thing. Yeah, never looked back. Yeah, um, and um, and no, there'll be there'll be times where, as you're navigating the journey towards a thing you love and making a living or a sense out of it, yeah, you'll you'll do all sorts of things. Yeah, like my famous one, I say, like I worked at a stainless steel nuts and bolts fa- shop <laughs> in Sydney, like literally, I used to sell washes and like lock nuts and marine grade stainless steel. Like crazy. <laughs> that was my. I did that for ages, but it got me through college. Yeah. <laughs> did I love it? No. Yeah. <laughs> was it my passion? It. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did I hate going to work? Y- yes, absolutely. I did. We had some fun. Yeah. We used to file stainless steel bolts by kind of just throwing them in the general direction of the buckets. We thought they went like <laughs> there was a, there was some upsides to it, but you do what you need to do, right? Yes. Because your responsibilities start to creep in, right? Yep. You've all of a sudden got some costs. You've yep. got some things you need to do. It's not quite as simple as, oh, well, I'll just do music and not do anything else at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So the band kind of slows down. Mm. You go, what the heck am I going to do now? Mm. What the heck do you do now? What's the What starts to emerge? Um, well, I think I, I still enjoyed songwriting and – um, 
Yeah, and I enjoyed uh, the production side of music. Probably more so then after the the band kind of finished up, I really then took an interest in, you know, studios and production and mixing and, and things like that. So I thought I still love songwriting and I, you know, I still wanted to write songs and record songs, but I had no real desire to be, I guess, famous or whatever that <laughs> I don't know. Um, had that changed? Did you want to be in your 20s? Did you want to be famous in your 20s? Nah, not at all. Okay. Never. Yeah, wow. Well. No. Um, Even more interesting a roller coaster then to go on for you through that process as things were stepping up and you were getting busier and more known and yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, that wasn't really ever a desire. Okay. Um, it was more, I think something exciting is just, you know, you're playing in a, in a band with your best friends and you're yeah. You're on the road. You're playing shows to people that actually like it. Like that was a that was a cool kind of experience. But I mean, then yeah, they would and you meet some people that that just want to be famous, and you just I don't know. That just sounds so weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, don't actually know what it means. Like nah, being nah. famous for being famous, really. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't understand it. But it was. Um, yeah, I think I just enjoyed writing songs and trying to write good songs and connecting with people through that was was cool, I thought. Mm. Um but yeah, as, and but also I knew that there was just there was a lot more people out there that were way better than me. <laughs> okay. So I wasn't I did, I knew my strengths and I knew my weaknesses pretty well. Okay, yeah. right. So I kind of just had to play my strengths. Sure. You know, in your late twenties, um, you know, being a songwriter, you kind of start to question what kind of music you actually even want to write, and okay. what do you want to say? Yeah. In the end, okay. Um, so there's all these kind of definitely the responsibilities and the and the doubt and the, the comparisons and comparisons creep in yeah. quite heavily. Okay. Um. So you continue gigging solo at that point. You start doing that, or you go and do some different stuff, or what is music production? What is that kind of, what do you focus on? Where are we at now? We're kind of around 30. Yeah. Are we nearly there. Yeah, um, um, I think for everyone, when, well. When, when I did I meet you? How far off are we now from there? <sighs> I can't even remember. A couple, probably a, couple, <laughs> a few years, years ago. Yeah. Early 30s, I, um, I think I decided if I want to continue with music, um, then I need to do it properly and really have some kind of education under my belt sure. to advance my skills, I guess. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think we met at SAE. Yep. And yeah, it was, that was a weird time because I just felt, um, I feel like I'm back to square one sort of thing. I'm in a class with sort of these 18 year old kids yep. and I was extremely thankful that you and I were both in that <laughs> class. Yeah. Um, not um, because the rest of the crew weren't cool. They were great. There were some great people in that yeah. group. But uh, we we just got on with some stuff, yeah. which I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated yeah. that. Definitely. And that was great. Like it was it was one of those things I felt passionate about and I wanted to learn and I wanted to be there. Um, and so I felt like it really was the next chapter you know, of the next 10 years or whatever, this yep. is what I wanted to sort of involve myself with. 
And yeah, I think it went from there really. Like I was, um, started collecting all my gear and yep. building this studio and then started producing other people, which I found really a really cool thing to kind of be removed from a song and then okay. have an outside perspective on yeah. on someone else rather than my own song and trying to analyze my own you know songs and sure. art, artwork it was it was someone else's that I was super subjective about I could offer what I thought but yep. didn't really care if they liked it or not it was okay it was yeah something that I could kind of contribute but it was just a different angle i guess yeah. different so song. production and producing is kind of where you're you whatever that kind of starts to look like for yeah. you. So I got a I got a question then. How so how is music production and social work <laughs> and your farm-based work ethic how are they currently combining right now in this new season? Cuz they seem to me like they all there's a bit of all of them in yeah, there what's is. going on. There is. Um yeah, I think I think there's a, there's just a part of me that always just loves just working on the farm and being outside. Yep. And you know, well, I commented even in your studio here, which I'll take a photo of before I leave, that you've got a window in your studio. Yep. Now there's a lot of studios I've been in which are like a cupboard. Yes. <laughs> like they're just dark and yeah. and so you you even have the outside in your studio. And I noticed it is called Sky Studios. <laughs> um, funny that, yeah. Funny that. So that, that's important to you, right? Yeah, I think it is. I think you you need to kind of maybe it's just a balance thing, um, and maybe one supports the other. Yep. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, probably is is a balance thing. Um, helps the whole thing move work work yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm. um yeah i don't know it was it's it is random like i would i mean yesterday i was driving tractor and then today i was doing some mixing so it's um it is yeah definitely yeah. a mixed bag kind of work environment but i'm pretty content with that yeah amazing <laughs> where um where does your um, so people are important to you? Like working with people is like the social work stuff, and mm. that's uh, and so do you find that a bit of an outlet with now production working yeah. with others? So how are those two things connected yeah, for you? They're massively intertwined, which I was super surprised about. I mean, um, I think being a producer is almost like being a counselor. Really, yeah. um, I've now that I've worked with a few artists and I've realised that how emotional musicians are, yep. songwriters, um, and how much sort of self-doubt or whatever people have, yep. which is quite natural and normal. Sure. But I think a job as a producer is to try and make them feel like they can do what they want to do mm. and bringing that out of them. And I think having that background in sort of youth work and, and stuff like that, it was, it definitely came into play when I was recording quite a few people that seemed pretty unsure about what they were doing and what kind of artist or songwriter they wanted to be. And I then had to 
encourage them or draw it out for them to be the best that they could be. So, yeah, I, which was pretty a surprise to me. I, I just thought I was going to hit record and let's do right. <laughs> so much more. Do than a bit that. of tweaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've heard, I've chatted to other producers as well. And, you know, when you're, yeah, I think emotions come involved and you really have to be the one that's, that's there making the whole progress, make the whole project move along and um, regardless of how they're feeling. So it's – Okay. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. a cool kind of I, – I, I love that. I love – you know, if someone comes in the studio and the first hour is just having a chat about whatever, it's – that comes into play as a being a producer and, mm. and stuff like that. So maybe that was a good thing I did that degree. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I'm of the opinion that nothing's lost, nothing's wasted. True. In, in that journey, that as we pick we pick things up, and um, I think we can often be surprised by how we might um, how we might use them and apply them later. Absolutely. And maybe we apply them in ways that were never intended when we learnt them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're lost. It yes. means they're adapted and changed and connected to something else. And so. You, you grab the thing you learnt in social work and you attach it to something yeah. that's not usually attached. Yeah. But all of a sudden it becomes a whole lot richer because yeah. no one's ever done that before. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe your style of production is so much more rich and supportive because of that that that, that others don't do because they don't have that kind of background. So yeah. I just I think that stuff is this is that kind of the piecing together. This is a, how do you build your life? That's the mm. that concept I'm kind of trying to play with and say, how have you put your life together? A little bit like Lego. Like, like how what have you what have you attached on here? What have you attached yeah. on? And because your life is unique, it's a unique set of experiences and skills and gifts and passions and responsibilities, and it, you will click it together. And so there's no right or wrong. There literally can't be yeah. because. No one's ever had the set of stuff you've had <laughs> before. Yes. You've got your set. And whatever you come up with is is what it is. And the encouragement is just don't stop. <laughs> just don't go, I, well, I'm done. Like I can't no keep keep going. Yeah. It'll it'll look like it might not look like anything for a while <laughs> until eventually it all of a sudden looks like something. Exactly. I think that's the Yeah, I fully agree with that. Yeah. And I think I'm, and that's why I love people's stories. Because it is what it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny that everything you do, nothing's nothing's lost. You're right. No. And I think pe- people can go on totally different directions in their life, but still have great experiences in, in everything that mm. works for everything. So it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is. So let me change gear a bit. Um, so... There's another question I ask people, and and um, I get all sorts of different responses to it. Again, so there's no right or wrong, you know. But the question is, um, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Um, I guess it depends what your definition of courage is as well. So yeah. I'll leave that out there for you as Cra- well. <laughs> Probably not getting a real job. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's been great. Um yeah, I think when you were saying that um, as you get older, more responsibilities mm. creep in and I think sticking to your guns about what you want to do seems to be more and more courageous every year. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, you kind of go, okay, well, 
I've done music now for a long time. Maybe I'll keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, even though it's probably going to be harder and harder and harder. But I think running your own business is, is definitely a courageous thing. Um, but I don't know. Taking risks is um, it's, that's, it's a pretty courageous act when, when you're young and um, – yeah, I, I remember being super insecure um, and I travelled like, I guess when the band had kind of was in the middle of the sort of what was happening there, I went overseas by myself and worked with a whole different kind of bunch of producers and stuff and I was like <laughs> freaking out. I'd just never been in that scenario before where I had to actually take responsibility for everything. Right. And that definitely did teach me a lot of things. And I guess it taught me that, you know, being courageous has its payoffs because you go, oh, well, I can't believe I did that. Um, let's try something else and then see if that works. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you – you just do something that f scares the hell out of you yep. and see what happens afterward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, to do that, to continue to pick things that are maybe scary and courageous, have there been some significant people who have been a voice or an encouragement to that point to keep you focused on that? Is that something that I'm... You can say, I don't need names, but, uh, you know, are there people who, who you've aspired to, who've encouraged you, you've seen the way that they live and work and you go, you know what, that, that's been important. Um, are there been ways you've seen people live and work and you go, yeah, I don't really want that? Or mm. have there been people in your life who've kind of walked with you or been around you through the whole journey who've kind of just said, we don't necessarily get it, Ash, but we're on board. Like, yeah. kind of, we'll, we'll yeah. support you. Well, definitely... My parents um, have always been encouraging about what I do, even though sometimes they probably don't understand, <laughs> which I think is is funny when people um, don't really know what's involved or what I do or anything, but they they support it. Um, and I think my close friends um, have always been encouraging especially in high school, like I actually changed, like my friendship circle changed in high school. I used to hang out with friends that were, I don't know, they were, they were into cars and motorbikes and stuff. And, yep. and then all of a sudden I kind of, my friends shifted to more people that loved music and yep. played in bands. That was a huge moment, I think for me, okay. um, to really be around people that were interested in the same thing that I was and then that kind of spawned into the next thing. So I think, yeah, having, have being around a community of people that, um, that inspires you yep. and then they vice versa is definitely a key thing. I think I have like some of my friends are ridiculously creative and talented and you, you kind of get inspired by them um, so I think being around them continues, um, for me to do what I do, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Cool. But yeah, I think, 
And the opposite of that, I mean, I've, I've seen people that have, you know, they earn, you know, a lots of, mo- lots of money and they have everything, but that I feel like I'm just not, that doesn't, uh, I'm not desiring that, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I had friends that went off to the mines and they earned a lot of money and then they've got this huge house or whatever, but it's, I don't know, it's just something weird about not wanting to live that kind of lifestyle sure. of, of having all this stuff and um, wanting that. I don't know, maybe that will run out. <laughs> that is what you measure, I guess. That is, yeah. We're back, right? Yeah. And it's not right or wrong. It just matters what you decide to measure. Exactly. I think that's that's the yeah, that's the takeaway. It's yep. not a, it's not a judgment on whether someone's measuring the right thing or not. Exactly. Uh, the choices you make is based in what you have decided. Yep. You want to measure because mm. uh, you've decided you value that above other things. Yep. All right. Last question for you. All right. Um, I don't know if you're a next five year kind of guy. Oh god. But what are you excited about? And what um what do you hope? What do you hope? Ash Gow's next five years. Next five like. years. What would you love to be? What What are you passionate about and excited about and you'd love to just see come about? Um, I think I'm, I'm super passionate about mixing songs. That's yeah. that's probably where I've got to. That's where I've landed. Yep. Um, I love writing, love producing, but now I think I've got into the stage of mixing um, it's weird that music has kind of evolved, but it's still kind of around the theme of music. But definitely, I mean, I'm inspired by a lot of great mix engineers um, that I wish I could be like. Um, so I think if I was to yeah, really be um, focused in the next five years, I would love to advance my skills in that and really help other artists with their music is cool. I can't see anything changing okay. really. Um, but just trying to get better. Is, okay. Is, is the right. main thing. Um, so it's um, just a continual evolution of what yeah. is currently happening. Yeah. And that may change um, environments or whatever, but I'm hoping that each day I'm trying to actually advance um, slowly. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. So we are, I haven't been mentioning this in my uh, podcast, but we're currently at the end of the COVID isolation yeah. period. I imagine that's been a bit of a hit for live performance for you. Yeah. Um, has um has the has this moment of not being so busy doing that has that um has that been a moment of opportunity for you, or has it ha- been a, mm. a moment of stress? What is or a bit of both? I imagine. But yeah. what what um well definitely stress. I mean, I we lost. I lost a lot of gigs and um, – This is not a lot of people dancing at five people weddings. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> it makes it's a bit awkward when you're one of those people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> um, but then again, I think having – trying to stay calm and going, oh, we can get through this. There's been plenty of people that have got through worse. Yeah. And being incredibly fortunate and grateful that – you know, things could be a lot worse, but let's just try our best to get through this. Yep. Um, it, you know, and it's been it's been good to slow down anyway uh, yeah. because, um, you know, like I spend a lot more time gardening and it turns out I absolutely love gardening. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's just micro farming, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> farming the mini farm. But yeah, I think it's it does. It makes you come to realise what's important and what you should be spending time on anyway, on relationships and and people. So it's yeah, it's been good and bad, but at the same time I think we're all now pretty more intelligent with what's happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'd like for it to be over now, (laughs) but it was a good, um, I actually heard a politician say once, he said, you know, it seems to be once every 10 years, something will scare the hell out of you that just um, blindsides you. Yeah. And how are you going to deal with that? And you weren't expecting it. And what happens now? And I, that really hit home because I was like, yeah, no one's ever actually said that, that you need to expect something like this to happen mm. because history shows something crazy happens yeah. um, and how you respond to that and what are you going to do? Um, so I think it was a good taste <laughs> of resilience. Sure. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's, it's good to still be – Alive yeah. <laughs> and not, not dead. Well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll finish up. Um, Ash, thanks so much for your time and thanks for your story. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, and well, um, we'll finish the podcast by listening to your song again, <laughs> if thanks. that's okay. Cheers. <laughs> thanks for joining me today on the Flea Factory podcast. Don't forget to check out uh, your favourite podcast app, subscribe. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Ash Gale. Details below.